Hey there, trailblazing women. Mark your calendars for the Women Thrive Summit, happening March 18th to the 22nd, 2024. Join us for five empowering days of inspiration, connection, and growth. Unlock your potential with workshops led by industry leaders, panel discussions, and networking opportunities. Don't miss this chance to amplify your voice and thrive together. Visit womenthrivesummit.com to grab your tickets today. That's womenthrivesummit.com. Welcome. I'm your host, Ramonda Jan, the founder of Women Thrive Media, visibility expert and inspirational speaker. I founded this global community for women, so every woman who is starting or running a business can feel like she has found a place to belong. So every woman is empowered to use her voice and share her message with the world. Welcome to today's podcast episode uh, for Women Thrive. I'm so excited to have you all here for another episode with our special guest, Sarah Needham. Hello, Sarah. How are you today? Yes, good. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's always nice to see your smiley face. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, all, to all of you listeners today, today's topic is about leadership, why leadership is broken today, and why this creates an opportunity for you. So we are joined with um, by our amazing guest, Sarah Needham, who is a new leadership coach and the voice for transforming businesses to create a more sustainable future for life on earth. She believes that the business that will transform the corporate landscape in the next 10 years and put inclusive leadership at the heart of innovative solutions. She believes that the world needs to see a new form of leadership and this plays into the hands of women. The future is female. Sarah, welcome. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today because I think this topic in itself is so imperative right now. Yeah, I. it's something that's really calling me at the minute is the fact that so many people are struggling with what we're seeing in the world around us. Um, and I think, like you said before, we've almost lost the trust in leadership or the belief that anything's going to change. And I truly believe that we can. This is kind of our calling. This is our reason to step up and make our voices heard and take a stand for something different. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen through observation that during difficult times, during world chaos and that, that we've seen in the last few years, it has really been the women who really stood up and carried us through and had the courage and bravery to stand up. I know we're going to get into the topic into much, much more detail, but I want to, for our audience to get to know you. Who is Sarah and what has been your journey of getting here where you are today? So I'm, I, I've got so many different roles in life. I am a mother of two adopted girls uh, and a wife. I live in Germany, but I'm obviously British, as you can probably hear from my accent. And I spent 17 years myself in the industry. So I went through my education, I got my degree, and then um, I ended up in Rolls-Royce, not because I love the product, but because it was easy at the time. And then I realized 17 years later, I was still there, but I still didn't love the product. And actually, it was causing a lot of stress for myself to be in a place where I didn't feel like I could live my values, but also I didn't associate myself really with the product. Sustainability is really important for me. And obviously I was dealing with uh, jet engines. So there was something that had always been, since my children uh, had been given to us, that had been kind of feeling uncomfortable. 
And I talked about it with my husband a number of times and I had all the excuses in the book why I shouldn't change and that you know, I should be lucky that I've got as far as I did in my career. And most people would love to have the kind of role or the job title that I had. And you know, I had a stable income. I had the trust of everyone up to the CEO within uh, Rolls-Royce Deutschland. And I felt like I should be grateful for where I got to. But ultimately what that me feeling like I should be grateful led to was me going through burnout. And whilst I was off with burnout, my mother passed away from dementia. That was a part of obviously what led to the burnout was dealing with her dementia in another country and two young kids, a husband traveling a lot and a high profile job in a very male dominated world. And yeah, I couldn't deal with it all. And I kind of remember sitting in the doctor's office and saying, but I've, but I've always just been able to carry on. And this woman looked at me and a very German response was, aber vielleicht geht das nicht mehr. Very like, you know, perhaps that just doesn't work anymore. And I'm thinking, well, how could you, you know, how could you say this to me? It's always worked. Um, but just after that and that kind of processing of how did I end up here was you know, really difficult to stomach. I shut myself off from my friends for the first couple of months. I didn't want to see people. I was really on my own. Um, and then when my mum passed away, kind of about three months later, it was that moment where I really started to wake up, to take responsibility, to actually recognize I have a choice. I don't need to be here. And actually, if I'm unhappy, I have an, you know, as a role model for my children, I need to show them, I want to show them something different. That actually the mother doesn't have to sit within a role because it's safe, because it's secure. We get to have fun. I wanted to have more fun in my life. I wanted to actually enjoy what I was doing, be passionate about it and really feel like I was creating change towards creating something more positive for future generations. And that was ultimately why I left. I did not know what I was gonna do when I left. And that was very uncomfortable. And I really started coaching. I'd never, never been through coaching. And I started coaching as a wave of self-development. You know, I'd always been told I led by coaching, but I didn't really understand what it meant. And so I started at self-development and then it kind of grew or uh, took off from there. And now I really work with people who are like me five years ago or with tech leadership teams who are struggling to really understand how to make these changes, to go from a very structured hierarchical system to something where it really empowers people and actually puts the people back at the heart, which is why I talk about inclusion, because it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, you know, what sex you are. It's about giving people the ability to be themselves, to shine as they are, because we've all got something we can shine with. But unless we're enabled to contribute, um, you know, then most people, as you're seeing with all the engagement stats as they are recently, most people at work kind of pull back. They just kind of get to a point where they give up. They don't want to engage anymore. Mm. I don't believe that's where we shine as humans. Yeah. And I think we need all of us shining to be able to make the world a better place for tomorrow. That's amazing. I, I love hearing your story because it's so relatable. And I think so many women who have been through um, amazing roles in life, something has to give and it comes a point a turning point for a lot of women that I've spoken to and connected with that is usually the burnout that leads them to re-evaluating where you are where are you in your life right now and what really truly matters 
And I love that you shared that actually the role started to actually be almost uncomfortable because it wasn't really aligning with your own true values. So you having to compromise something in order to bring a paycheck home. That's what it, it sounds like. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, and this is what I hear a lot from my clients and from people that I'm working with, is when you're younger, you kind of aim somewhere and you're aiming for a job title or to have a house. You know, all these things that we're told when we're growing up that are important. And you aim there. And quite often, like me, you get there and then feel, well, is it enough? Is it, you know, it feels very empty because it's not really meaningful to you. You've not defined what success means to you. You've kind of gone after something that someone else has told you or, or society expects in some ways. And then you get there and go, oh, crap, what am I doing here? You know, this, have I really invested all my time? Because a lot of the women I'm working with are really high achievers. And they've gone through a lot. They've gone through a lot of pain. They've gone through, you know, really committing to a business. And they get to a certain level and go, oh, is this it? Yeah. Yeah. So why did you choose? I'm really curious to find out why did you choose leadership as a topic of, of area your of your expertise to pursue after you have left um, at your corporate world? Because I see it's being done so badly in the world. <laughs> um, I just see there's so much that we can do better. And I don't want to make us wrong for where we are today, because I think that's actually what's going to help us drive change for tomorrow. Mm. Sometimes things have got to break to actually be able to reimagine and recreate, to transform um, and evolve. We, we really need to evolve leadership back to the heart of what it's meant to be, which is supporting ourselves and others to maximize their impact. And, you know, there are so many systems that are still almost like they're archaic. They're coming over from the world wars. They're coming over from a time with control and command. They're coming over from a time of productionizing, you know, the industrial revolution kind of time. And actually now our value or a company's value is in its knowledge is in its people. We can create any technology that we need, but ultimately it's designed and created by people. So if you've only got a small population of people, you know, that all look and sound the same, yeah, they're gonna to agree to each other or with each other all of the time, but you're gonna miss all of this other stuff that's going on on the other side of the rainbow because you can't see what else is happening. And this is where I think that if we're going to create a more sustainable future, we need all of us with our ideas, being able to have difficult conversations. Again, it's something we're not seeing very well in industry. People are struggling to have these conversations where they maybe disagree with somebody. And yet that's where innovation occurs. It doesn't occur with everybody sitting there and nodding and agreeing. And this is why we need to be able to engage boldly to know where we bring value, where we contribute and be able to speak about it as to what's important to us and how we can, how we create value so we can enable others to do the same. Again, it's role modeling. It's being able to take a stand as a leader, speak up about what's important to you, speak up about yourself, but use that as an enabler for the greater good. Not because you want to obviously uh, do it, be the center of attention yourself. It's enabling other people to actually create their own little kind of um, 
uh, inspiration from what it is that you give. And I mean, I don't really like the term servant leadership, and I think women often take this to extremes. Um, but the whole concept of leadership is leading people, supporting people. It's not about the leader. Mm. And I see that in this new generation. I think people, um, I see in the young uh, teenagers these days that are, they're really passionate about some things like sustainability, like seeing world differently, because I think they, they've observed all the things that are broken and are not currently functioning and they want them to see different futures. So I think in our, right now, in our um, time, um, lifetime I guess this is our opportunity to make a difference right so what do you think is broken right now and how can we play a bigger role in making a change and not waiting for the next generation the next next generation to make a change because really it's down to us to make a difference Right, we're in the position now that we can help leverage those younger people who have got the energy, who are passionate, and also to re-engage ourselves. You know, at what point do we all retire at like 30 because we're bored, we're, we're done with our jobs? Actually, we want people of all age groups, and actually this is another part of diversity, is getting these discussions between the younger generations and the older generations, and actually creating some inspiration there. So we have a role those of us who have a voice to actually speak up on behalf of others to create that space to say it's not working today to be clear that's not working because of command and control because of scarcity because of fear and these aren't things that actually support people to grow they're the things that actually you know they put people under pressure they make people feel like they're not enough whether it's they don't have enough time or whether it's you know they're not good enough or they won't speak up all of those things are holding people back. And it's like, we need to, we need to find ways to, to release the lid on everybody so everyone can really contribute. And this means getting really focused on our people. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, you know, seeing all the other stuff that we're seeing in, in not only in industry, but in politics that are trying or feels like it's trying to, to hold people down. And I think this is where we as women have got an amazing opportunity because we can create something bigger. Mm -hmm. We can support each other. We can champion each other. These are all things that where we can co-create and show different leadership, a leadership that's not driven by competition. It's not driven by us wanting to be at the top, but actually to elevate everybody. And quite often when we are talking about equality, we go, oh, well, you're going to take a piece of my pie. My size of the pie is going to get smaller. It's like, no, we want to make the pie bigger for everybody. And it's not about women making it bigger for women. Women are making it bigger for everybody. Yeah. And that's the bit where, because of the instinct and because we've been othered so much of our lives through our communities and through you know, how we've been normalized, mm -hmm. we automatically have more compassion for people. We want to enable other people. The two biggest things or the two biggest goals from all of the women that I've spoken to in the last four years since I've been coaching are, the first one is to help others, to support others so they don't have to go through the same crap that they've been through. And the second one is to have a positive impact. Yeah. So if you're looking for new leaders coming through, you're looking for people who want to have 
you know, create a world which is kinder, fairer and more supportive, then don't you want people who've got those two goals in mind? I certainly do. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly feel that way as well. That if we observe what's going on in the world in the last few years and even currently in the current affairs, I think you're right in saying that women especially have been really othered. And I think the old style of leadership is continuing to hold on to that power and to try to make sure that we specifically as women are not advancing or not having our freedom, not having our say. If you just look at the situation that's happening in Iran right now, women protesting and taking that role of leadership of saying, that's that's my right. These are my human rights. And I am so passionate. I will, you know, risk my life to make a change, not just for myself, but for new and future generations. And I feel where it's really broken that the old leadership style and I guess the mindsets of old leaders not wanting to let go, being scared of that change. But I think particularly women have been driving that change for a better good of majority, not not for minority, which seems like the old leadership is what it's about. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. I mean, in Iran, it's obviously it is obvious to the to the rest of our worlds, but we obviously can't step into their culture. We cannot understand what's going on. Um, but in businesses, I think you've just kind of hit the nail on the head. It's fear that, well, what's got us here, this has served us up until now. We've got to let go of that if we're going to take this new and very unknown step into empowering people properly. And I think a lot of certainly business leaders, it is unconscious. It is invisible, the steps that they need to make. You know, the structures are all still set up around this old hierarchical system where you get promoted for being good, um, you know, for high achievement, high individual performance. And then you get into a leadership role because that's how you get promoted. And then you're told, right, now you've got to act over here. And it's like, well, you know, nobody's grown up in this new system, which really is about empowering, enabling teams to grow so I really think that the leaders the business leaders especially and it is difficult in the sorry different in the political environment um but the business leaders honestly do not see how to necessarily create these changes in their businesses um I don't necessarily think they are aware that they're being stuck or that they are stuck but they're definitely stuck in that old leadership paradigm because of the fear of letting go to be able to create something new means really letting go of a lot of what's got them to where they are today. Yeah. Why do you believe that women are the future of changing this paradigm, you know, creating a new uh, way of life? I think it comes back to what I said before, these two overriding goals that actually when you get down to the heart of what women want, is supporting other people and creating something positive for future generations. There is this point in a woman's life where we kind of, we go through this, this sort of almost a storming phase and we start our careers and we, we really let go. We think, well, it's going to be different for us. We'll keep moving. We'll change everything. And then you get to a certain point where you realize it's not changing. It's not like I thought it was. There aren't, you know, everything's not equal like I thought it was. And honestly, I didn't really see it until I left industry. So for me, it took a long time to really recognize that 
I'm not in an equal playing field. Um, and I think a lot of people find this while you're in the system, you almost begin to live like the system. Yeah. Um, and so we need people who are willing to speak up, who are willing to share that actually, I might have been wrong earlier in my career. I might have potentially supported something that wasn't right or isn't where I would support it now. And this is where I think women are a lot more open to say, look, I maybe got it wrong. And now this is what I see. This is what I've learned, sharing these insights to help other people grow. Because if you look at the intention to create a more sustainable future, then actually that means we've got to look ourselves in the mirror. All of it starts with us as individuals. And what you see is women get to a certain point in their lives where they realize that something's not how it was. Maybe it was like me going through multiple miscarriage or adopting my children or my mum dying. You could get any of these kind of things that shift our mindset, shift our perspective on life. And at that point, it's like, well, the world looks different. From one moment to the next, the world looks different. So it looks different. Why does, why does it suddenly look like different? This, this creates this whole spiral for women generally, which is somewhere between, usually between 30 and 20s and 45, where we all go on this kind of journey of discovery to say, well, well if it's not that, or you get to that role and realize it's empty, like we said earlier, yeah. well, if it's not that, what is it? What, who am I? What do I bring? And this is where we try to break out of roles of, I'm not just a mum, or I'm not just a wife, or I'm not just you know, a leader and look for this ways to redefine it, but redefine it in a way that's more inclusive, that's more open. Um, and actually what I see quite often within businesses is as men get higher, they become more vulnerable because they're scared of, well, if I'm not this person, then who am I? So they kind of hold on to it tighter, whereas generally women come kind of open at that point to say, actually, there's got to be something else. There's got to be a different way. So women bring the skill sets from the fact they've been othered through their lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the bringing things together and connecting with people and the, the compassion. Um, but they also bring this will, this intention to want to create something better this belief there must be a better way yeah so many things that you've said and I certainly think that there comes a turning point like it was your turning point in your career which is like well it's always worked and your doctor said well what if just it doesn't work anymore and I think we see that that's just a beautiful way of like coming back and saying well what if everything you've known no longer works what if we have to make a change and that comes on the global scale on uh, national scale and also perhaps individual scale of where we are within ourselves what role do we play in a society as individuals so if someone listening to this and thinking well I'm not in a leadership position I don't play any role in a leadership position how can I be change of this new paradigm? How can I make a difference? If someone is having that question right now, what would you say to them? I would say go away and do some reflection, really what is important to you? And it doesn't have to be something big. When people are talking about purpose, they're, you know, they often think this huge goal that they need to go after. And actually it can be something as small as, well, you know, I want to create a better future for our future generations, our children, my children, you know, make it personal. 
but make it about something that's really important to you. And then look for where that shows up in your life. Does it show up at work? How does it show up in your private life? How does it show up you know, in your community? How you're showing up in your community? And look for ways or look for things that get you excited. So probably not reading the news. I generally try and avoid the news. But look on social media. What are the kind of, who are the people you're following? What are they talking about that is exciting to you? What's going on with your friends that you go, oh, that could be fun. Look for things that get you sparking, as I call it. Look for those points where your eyes light up and you can feel your energy getting excited. And then follow the energy, follow what's fun. And if you've got a way to bring that into your work, you know, this is where you see so many women doing additional tasks at work, such as they're women running women's groups or they're running the diversity and inclusion part, but on the side of their jobs. But look for ways to tweak what you're doing. Because you might have not have leader in your title, that doesn't mean you're not a leader. Because if you're passionate about something, if you're trying to drive something, people automatically get attracted to you for your energy. They want to be involved. You know, when somebody comes in and does an inspirational talk, people, people are attracted to that person. And it's the same when you take a real stand for something in the business. A lot of the people I work with, they're, they're almost scared to take a stand for something because they're worried about being othered again, about being, you know, rejected. And mm. actually what they find when they do take a stand for something, usually is people are A, surprised, but B, they get a lot of respect for it. If you can create that space in a business where you can let lots of different ideas come in, you can be curious enough to open a space for people to share where they haven't been able to share before, then you, know, you have an invaluable skill that the business needs. They need people like this. So it doesn't matter where you're sat within an organization, go look for the things that get you excited, try and get yourself involved in them and look for ways to really kind of get closer to actually, what do I stand for? And if I'm showing up, you know, honoring that value, honoring you know, that person, then what are the actions that I would take? So it's like you, you look at yourself in a year's time and say, if I'm going to be that person, well, if I'm already them now, what action would they take? What would they do? Because a lot of what women almost get trained or normalized to do, unfortunately, is to talk ourselves down. We give away our power when we speak. So we talk about, you know, we say we did this or we did that, or, you know, we think, and actually take back that power. What do you think? What do you want? Use I want, I think, I need, I feel. Because when you do that, it tells people so much more about you. It really is the first part of taking a stand for something because people will learn what it is that's important to you. And it can feel very uh, vulnerable, I guess, as a starting point, but just look at the reactions that you get from people. Most people actually really admire it when somebody else takes a stand for something. I quite often say to people, you know, when we feel vulnerable, when we feel, you know, things are uncomfortable, all other people see is courage. Yeah. I love that. Standing for something is so, so powerful because that really shows what you're about. What are your values? What do you feel strongly about? And as I say, even if someone that doesn't have a leadership position, 
having a strong stand on a particular thing or point of view or particular issue makes you almost a leader that other people become to admire. So we can all start to make a change. If there is something you're feeling passionate about, if there is something that you truly believe is the better way of doing, voice it. And I remember when I was relatively young, maybe in my 20s, and I was working for one of the top 100 employ, employ, employers in the UK. But yet, whilst I was in a top 100 employers um, list or organizations that I was working for, I still saw some things that were not necessarily good. And I wanted to make a change. And I felt after trying so many times and trying to influence how things were done, I just saw that management weren't really interested in a frontline staff to hear their ideas or their input. And because I didn't have a leadership position, so to speak, I actually gave up and I said, well, I will pursue entrepreneurship because I don't see my role being valuable enough unless I get to the top level where I can make an influence, where I can make a change. And perhaps if I was perseverant and had more courage, but I was only 20 years old at that at a time, maybe that would have made a difference in, in a front line and in the organization on a bigger scale. Definitely. But at the same time, you know, you took courage by stepping out and actually stand, take your stand for something and say, actually say, that's not for me. That's not what I want to invest my energy in. You've taken a stand for yourself and like entrepreneurship in itself is quite a courageous thing to do. But I think, you know, if somebody's in that position that you're talking about, one of the really easy ways within a business is all businesses now have got business values. You know, what are the business values? Go and find maybe one or two of the business values that really resonate with you, that you write, feel, ah, you know, that, that's meaningful to me. And then if you see it not being honored, use the wording of the value to say, I feel like we're not honoring this value. Because it's then not about you telling someone they've done something wrong it's actually if we're going to honor the business values which we've all agreed to they're all here mm -hmm. then how would we show up differently how are we creating value for the business and what we're doing right now and so this is another way to actually bring in and actually utilize because values are great but if they're not used they create distrust or mistrust because they're being dishonored and then you get this out of balance. And actually what we need to do is actually, if we could get every business living these values. So if you're looking for something you're like, oh, I don't really know what I stand for, then look at the business values, see which ones really, you know, feel right to you. And then use those as your kind of like your grounding points, your points to take a stand on. Because I'm sorry, you can never be wrong by honoring the business values. And if you are, then there's something wrong with the values as they're written out. You know, I would love to see businesses that are promoting against business values. You're promoting people who are honoring your business values. You know, you're using them in every business decision. How is this honoring our business values? And how is it dishonoring? All of a sudden you've got clarity as to actually, maybe we're not quite aligned with the values we've set out. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, imagine the clarity you get in a business all of a sudden, that every decision is rated against the values that you've got. And then at least everybody is clear. Okay, we've chosen to dishonor this value right now and make a decision because, and that's all of a sudden gone through your organization. It's a very different place when you're really using your values 
as a business, because that's where you get trust in the leadership. That's where you get trust that actually I can speak up and tell people that actually I don't feel like we're honoring this value because that's just normal discussion. Yeah. I love this conversation. Well, Sarah, for those who are listening to this podcast episode right now, um, I know you are, there are people, there's a place for them to learn a little bit more about this topic. And of course, you are one of our featured uh, Women Thrive speakers in 2023. Tell us a little bit more about the topic you will be speaking on on our stage. So I'm going to be talking about why the future of leadership is female and why the world needs you. Because to me, it's super important that we all are able to contribute. We are all leaders in our own right. And how we take advantage almost of what has caused us problems maybe up until now in being othered and feeling different and feeling like we don't fit in to actually enable more people to actually take that stand. So I'll be going in with some tips and tricks as to how you can create this for yourself. Um, But it's really important for me that we can enable everybody to feel proud of themselves. Everyone's, you know, everyone's a unique human being and we're all perfectly imperfect. And we sometimes try and focus on the areas where we want to be perfect rather than actually standing up and saying, yeah, well, Maybe I'm not great at this, but this creates an amazing opportunity for somebody else. So this is where we create this collaboration and co-creation. Beautiful. Well, for those of you who have not yet saved your ticket for the upcoming Women Thrive Summit, which is our annual global Women Thrive event to empower women to rise and thrive, not only in business, but also in their personal lives. And this topic is amazing in terms of your own self-leadership. And how can you play a bigger role in today's society, in your organization, in your own business, in your own leadership position? So I'm very excited to have Sarah um, on our stage, as well as many other women who will be covering topics from personal development um, to energy work, to marketing, visibility, leadership, um, authority building, and so many, many other amazing things. So Sarah, thank you for today. If someone wanted to get in touch with you directly before the event, how can they do that? The best way is to reach me on LinkedIn, um, connect with me, send me a direct message. Um, And if you're struggling, but you don't maybe know why you're struggling at work, then we'll drop in the career uh, health check to help you. It'll give you some ideas as to maybe the different areas, which maybe aren't obvious to you, where you can go and have a look at to actually release that uh, opportunity to see something new about making a, maybe just a small change that can actually make a massive difference in how you feel and how you're able to live your life. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for this conversation and to all of you uh, listening to this episode right now. Thank you for your time. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, uh, like, share this, uh, share this episode with your own audience. And we're very excited to seeing you at the Women Thrive Summit happening in March. So save your seat for between the 20th and 24th of March, our annual global event for women empowerment called Women Thrive Summit. We look forward to seeing you there. And for now, thank you so much, Uh, Sarah. It was a pleasure speaking to you today. Take care. Thanks so much. Take care for now. Did you enjoy this episode? Share it with the world. Make sure to also leave a review and subscribe for future episodes.